The last few weeks we have looked at First John, and as a refresher, we'll we'll read that, and we're going to move on uh, from First John. But it will still be a large part of what the Lord is saying in me in this study. First John one one. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. So we've been dealing with that from the beginning. That from the beginning. And John says, we have seen and we have heard of the word of life. So we've dealt with that as the light in Genesis 1, that God said, let there be light. We've looked at John 1. And we're going to get into John 1 tonight. So with this thought in mind, that from the beginning, in John 1, verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So the Word was with God, the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. Now what I want us to focus on in this verse of Scripture is the word with. Little word with. You might say of all the words you could focus on, why would you focus on that word? Because that's what the Lord dealt with me with. That's why. And I started looking at the word with. And, uh, and of course, when you start looking at something, you go, oh, my. And so I'm going to talk to you a little bit, bit about the oh, my. But in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The life is the light of men. So this word with means toward beside, pertaining to, 
It's a preposition, and it's toward something in particular. And what was interesting, when I started looking at this word, uh, I didn't, and I'm not saying there's not other places they interpreted it with in the King James, because there was, uh, I think, about 700 different interpretations. But the common word that it was interpreted as in the English language was, was unto or to. For example, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all you that are labor, all you that labor and are heavy laden, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. So that word come unto me is the same word with, and 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 what it's denoting is that unto unto me the word was with god or the word was unto god pertaining to god so jesus has come unto me all you that labor are heavy laden take my yoke up on you and learn of me for my yoke is easy my burden light and i will give rest to your soul so so coming to him is how we have rest, but that unto denotes what you come to, and it's him. So to have rest, I come to him. So in the beginning was the word, the word was with God or to God or, or pertaining to God. And the word was God. So, so you could say that everything in that word in John 1 was pertaining to God or to God. What does that mean, to God? That the things of God would be made known by that word that was with God in the beginning. Okay. That's how the things of God are going to be made known. They're not going to be known any other way but through that word. And Jesus, who is that word, says of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me, by the word. Okay? No other way. So, from the beginning, that was so. From the beginning, that was the intent of God. The same was in the beginning with God, that God was going to be made known through and in this word. That was his mind from the beginning. Only in this word would the soul of man come to know the living God. 
And that word has an intention. We're going to look at this uh, in a little bit out of the Old Testament of the intention of the word of God. But it has an intention, it has a purpose. And it's all in the word. I said this uh, maybe the last two meetings that John didn't write in the beginning were words. He wrote in the beginning was the word. And everything is defined by the word. Peace is defined by the word. If I know peace, I have to know it in the word. Now, a couple other examples or one other examples, uh, example of this word uh, being unto, it says, then Matthew 3, 13 says, then comes Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. He didn't just come to John. He come to John for purpose to be baptized, that he be made manifest to Israel, we find in another place. So, so this word is toward a goal. Part of the definition in this word that I'm talking about with is, is toward, it means to interface with, it, it literally moving toward a goal or destination. Uh, it implies interaction reciprocity in view of, in light of. So, so this, this little word with is so big in its meaning. So the word was toward God, with God. And it's implying that, that the motion of this word would, would, would be the interface with the goal or destination, and we could say the goal and destination is God himself, and this word is the interface of God. This word is God's interface, and our uh, receiving of it, how do I say this? Uh, this is how we reciprocate, how we know the Lord. And that was from the beginning, John says. So, so when you come into the man, Adam, and so many people have this idea that Adam knew all there was about God, if this word wasn't in him, and this word was all of that from the beginning, then that may not be so, folks. The intent of the purpose of Adam was to know God. That was the intent and the purpose of man, was for man to know God. But how man was going to know God was through this living word. And that was God's intention from the beginning. Now, in John 1, 
Verse 14, it says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And Brother Jimmy said this, I believe, last week. The word dwelt deals with tabernacled. The word was made flesh and tabernacled. So what was from the beginning tabernacled among man in the person of Jesus Christ? And that goes along with what John said, that that life was manifested in the earth. See, God didn't come in Christ and tabernacle in a building. He didn't do that. He didn't put up another tent in the wilderness. He didn't put up another temple in Jerusalem. He came and tabernacled in a man. Because the intention of that word from the beginning was God to tabernacle in a man. And so God's intention was made known, manifest in the earth. Really, before it's revealed in our heart, it was manifest in the earth in the person of Jesus Christ. That was God's intention. You have this word from the beginning that was with God, this word that was God, that was the divine nature of God, the divine person of God, the mind of God, everything God is. And this word is made flesh and tabernacles among men. And men behold his glory, and he's unlike any other man. Because he always does that that pleases his father. And God is in it. God is dwelling in him. So the glory cloud doesn't come again and fill a temple. The glory of God is in a man. In the book of Exodus, you'll find it also in Second Chronicles, the last book of Exodus, when they finished the tabernacle of Moses, the glory of God filled the house or the tabernacle in so much that Moses and Aaron, I believe it says, could not enter in there. So nothing of man could go in there. Same thing happens in 2 Chronicles 7. Solomon prays, the temple's built, the cloud and the fire comes down and fills the house, in so much that the priests cannot enter in there. Only God, only God is present. Now Jesus comes. And tabernacles, the word comes in tabernacles, filled with grace and truth. In other words, man, carnal man, 
doesn't enter in there into what he is. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now, this intention of God's word is all through the Old Testament. In, for example, in uh, the book of uh, Isaiah, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now, uh, what I want you to pick up on is the intention of the word. You know, Isaiah just didn't hear a word. You could say when he heard the word, he saw the intention of what he heard. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. So, so what's interesting in this word here in Isaiah, it's used in Jeremiah, it's used, I guess, several hundred or several thousand times, it brings intent with it. It's not just that God said, it brings the intention of what he said into view. So when Isaiah, when Isaiah writes the word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, he writes the intention of the word he saw that came to him. Okay, so when you go to John 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word, that word has intention. So the intent is there. The purpose is there. And this is in the Old Testament. This is all through the Old Testament. When, when the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, Ezekiel saw a whirlwind. Ezekiel saw a cloud in the fire enfolding itself, and he ultimately saw a king sitting in the cloud and the fire. He saw the cherubim like a man. And see, the intention of the word that came to Ezekiel unfolded itself, revealed itself made known to Ezekiel purpose, made known to Ezekiel or gave to Ezekiel sight that he would know that word. Same thing in Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and brought an intention to Jeremiah before I before you were born, I knew you, Jeremiah. So, so the intention of the word comes in 
what's said. So, so when Christ comes into our heart, he comes, the living word, with intention. So he come and tabernacled among men, and, and that whole coming was toward intention, was toward purpose, to bring forth in himself a new man. That was the intent and purpose of him coming and tabernacling among men to manifest the glory of God, to show what God was doing in himself. Yes. Unless a corn of wheat, unless a seed of wheat, you could say, unless the word of God fall fell into the ground and died, it would alone, or he would alone remain with the intention of God. But he fell into the ground and died to bring forth of himself a many-membered man having this life. A new man. Hallelujah. And the substance of that new man is Christ himself, is this word. You know, we read in our Bible that we are to grow up into him. Right? That's the substance of him. Well, how do I grow up into him? Through him being made known. Through sight. Through the light of him coming and giving sight to purpose. That my heart would see divine purpose of God. And in the seeing of the divine purpose of God, my soul would be transformed into his image and likeness that he would have expression through me and you. See, see there's a fine line in the understanding of the Lord. There's a, let me give you a fine line here. There's a thought that takes place. Maybe its origin is all the way back in the garden. You'll be as God. Okay. And that thought takes place in man's heart. You know, we'll be like God. And if we're not careful in that thought, we will consider we will be like our God, like God in ourselves. Follow me. 
Now that thoughts in the earth, that thoughts being declared in the God as gospel. Let's see, Jesus says, unless the corn of wheat falls into the ground, it abides alone. But if it dies, it he brings forth in himself. See, this is where you become like God. Is in the corn of wheat falling in the ground and dying and bringing forth of himself. Because Jesus is the express image of God. And what we become is his expression. So we're not separately, separate from him, like God. See, if we're not in him, we'll find out we're not like God at all. <laughs> but as we abide in the vine, and the vine abides in us, his words abide in us. We ask what we will, and it's done unto us. Now, what we're asking out of is that abiding word, that abiding life, that's being made known in our hearts and minds. I believe a lot of times, you know, Apostle James says something, we have not because we ask not. And then when we ask, we ask amiss because we've been taught that all the asking of God was about natural things. And honey, I believe God to supply our natural things. I believe that with all my heart. But but when I go and study the book of Proverbs, it starts talking about the wisdom, the understanding, the, the knowledge of God being greater than costly things, than gold and silver and rubies. So, so what we're asking for as we abide in him is, I believe, the things of him, the things that he's brought to our mind, that he's brought to our heart to be made alive in us, to be real in us, to be full in us. Hallelujah. That his expression would come out of us because that's where we abide. We abide in him. So if I abide in him, why would I want to express anything but him? If I've been quickened with him, if I've been raised with him, if I've been seated with him, what do I want to know but all that pertains to him because he's my life? I want to grow up in him in all things. So I'm setting my heart, my mind, my desire to the knowing of Christ, of the Lord Jesus Christ. That, be, that I be filled with the fullness of God by him. 
See, see, because that intention of the fullness of God was in the beginning. If it wasn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't talk about it in the book of Ephesians. So from the beginning, God had the intention that his fullness would dwell and live in a many-membered man. But this many-membered man is this man that's brought forth through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's this new man that has come forth by spirit and is tabernacling in the earth. Yes, Christ is tabernacling in the earth in you and I. And the beauty of this thing is we are joined to him. Made one with him. In union with him. To be his very own body. To give him expression. Hallelujah. To express the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Bless the Lord. How can I bless God but express what he is? How can I express what he is but that he be made known? How is he made known? Well, John tells us, reading again, First John what we've been reading. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Now, Paul, we talked about this last week, Paul, when he was dealt with of the Lord on the Damascus Road, there was a statement there that he was sent to open the eyes of the blind. Not just the natural eyes, or to open the eyes. I don't know that it says the blind, but that's what they are. They're blind, but not just natural eyes. But the eyes of the heart. See, Paul's cry in Ephesians was that the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your understanding, your inner being would be opened to the revelation of Jesus Christ. That you would see him. That's what he prayed in Ephesians 1, that the eyes of the understanding would be enlightened, illuminated, filled with light, in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's quite a prayer. That's quite a prayer. The eyes of the heart. Enlightened. To know him. That the heart. 
the core, the center of our being would know him, that we're married to, that we're joined to, that we're one with. And folks, I believe this is a progressive knowing individually and corporately. As he's revealed, we are knowing him. We're individually knowing him. And we are corporately knowing him as the body of the Lord to express him. There's one last thing I want to share with you tonight. Where two or three are gathered together, there he is in the midst. I may not have quoted that just right, but where are we gathered? We're not gathered on this broadcast. We are. We're seated listening to this Zoom meeting. But we're gathered in one, gathered together in one gathered in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, there's where he is in the midst. When two or three come together in this understanding, in this knowing, the Lord appears. The Lord comes. He shows up. There he is. We see him. He's expressed from one to another. Hallelujah. You can put a group of Christians in a building, put 500 of them in a building. And without gathering in the knowledge of the Lord, gathering in the heavens, you know, I've been there, folks, where people are praying that the Lord would move. Well, we've come to a place where he is moving and he's revealing himself and he's continuously moving because we're gathered in him. We're gathered out of the earth into the new man. So the Lord is progressively moving toward all that he's done in Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Yes. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Well, I will end right here with that from the beginning. Being made known in us we're one with this. See? That's our covenant. Him. This is where I'm wanting to get to. You know, I think I told Brother Dale, I'm wanting to get to the person of the covenant in this study on the person of the gospel. Because the covenant of God that we're living in today is not an old covenant of, of the do's and the don'ts, but the covenant of God is bound up in the word himself. Who is Christ? And we live unto God in Him. Yes.
You abide in me and my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will. We live unto God in him. Do you believe that? Do you believe he's cleansed you from all your filthiness? Do you believe he's taken away all your iniquity? Yes, he has, because he bore it on the tree. He bore it on the tree and brought us into himself to live in him unto God. That's the covenant we're in. That's the word of God. Hallelujah. And he have done it. I said, I'm done. Give me one, just a few more minutes. He sent his word in, in the book of Psalms and healed them and delivered them from all their, what, diseases, calamities. I can't remember exactly what it says there. But Psalms 107, I was reading it before. He sent his word. Well, the word he ultimately sent was Christ, and he brought us out of the old man and brought us into himself, delivered us in himself unto God, presents us in himself unto God. Yes, that's what he does. That we be living epistles. That we be expression of him. That's what Christianity is, is Christ in you. Not just to be Christ in you, but Christ in you to live in you. To be expressed through you. So he wants to make himself known that the whole earth would declare his glory. Anyway, I'll stop here. May the Lord richly bless you in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. <laughs>